Well, again, good morning, everyone, and welcome to worship today. Uh, today is the first Sunday in a new church year, uh, the first Sunday in the season of Advent, and uh, it's good to come together. Am I off? Testing now. Can you hear me? No, still not. This is what happens when I have no power, which is usually the case. Um, anyway, this is the, the first Sunday in a new church year, so you're one for one. That's good, all of you. As we, uh, as we get ready to receive our Lord as King uh, once again, um, those who are visiting with us, a special welcome to you. It's good to have you here in our midst. There's the sound coming back. And uh, we come together as a church family uh, to celebrate in this season. Uh, there are many, many things uh, on the calendar uh, to which you are all invited. This coming Saturday at 9.30 begins a holiday boutique over in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, this is a fundraiser for both the American Cancer Society and for our youth. So if you are looking for uh, some gifts uh, during this season, uh, stop by the boutique starting at 9.30. Uh, later that day, starting at 4 o'clock, we have our family Christmas celebration. Uh, that includes a Christmas program, as well as a hot chocolate bar. Sounds like fun to me. So I uh, hope to see you this coming Saturday at those events. Please check the announcement page for more information. Also, for the, that Saturday uh, family Christmas, it includes some finger foods. Uh, we're inviting everybody to bring something to, to share. There's a sign-up sheet in the entryway of the church uh, where you can sign up to do that. Also in the entryway, you'll find the Jesse tree and the Adopt-A-Family uh, poster. Uh, stop by and, and bless another family during this holiday season. Members of the church can pick up your 2018 offering envelopes, uh, which are in the entryway as well. I have uh, been updating you on a few members of our congregation and uh, what's happening with them. Uh, Paul Brobst, I have told you for several weeks that he was making slow progress up at El Camino Hospital in Mountain View. Uh, Paul has been transferred over to the terraces in Los Gatos, and I'm happy to report that he is making very good progress, uh, fast progress, and uh, things are, are going well for him. So uh, hope, we hope to have him back in our midst uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, Paul Spitzen also has gone home from the rehab center, uh, which is also good news. This coming Sunday, next Sunday, we will be having one service uh, here at Emmanuel. It starts at 10 o'clock, so that's an, uh, almost an hour earlier than you arrive for this service. Uh, so please uh, make a note of that, 10 o'clock, one service, a service of lessons and carols. It is usually well attended, <clears throat> a time of uh, singing together and hearing uh, the news about our newborn King, Jesus. So again, next Sunday, one service at 10 o'clock. You'll be reminded of that as you leave the church today with the, the banner which advertises that. Yesterday, we had our neighborhood networking event where we go out into the neighborhood to meet and greet our neighbors. Um, on that outing, <clears throat> I uh, was blessed to have a, a very good conversation with someone who is sort of a pillar of this community here in Saratoga, a woman by the name of Betty Peck. 
there was a, a bench um, just dedicated a couple weeks ago uh, up in the Saratoga Village Center there for Betty and her husband Willis. Um, had a really nice conversation with her. Uh, Betty is a retired kindergarten teacher, and one of the things that she showed me, uh, a mirror in her bedroom, which she had in her kindergarten class. And around the mirror was a quote, a, a, small, a short poem that she had written. So in her kindergarten class, she would have her kindergartners go and look into this mirror, and around there was written this poem. It's called The Magic Mirror. Around it is written, Thank you for every magic moment that makes it possible for me to stand here and feel how truly wonderful I am. And I thought how lovely for that to be for a, a kindergartner to, to stand in front and to read that or to have it read to them. And she would, she would have them stand there and she would ask them, have you forgotten? How could you have forgotten how wonderful you are? I thought it was a delightful word. Uh, that actually will make its way into the, the sermon this morning. And uh, one other thing to report to you, and that was uh, on my drive in uh, to church this morning at an hour where most of you were probably happily sleeping. Uh, I noticed up in the sky a beautiful full moon that was shining through the clouds. Uh, so the clouds would kind of go back and forth, and sometimes I'd see the moon and sometimes not, but the light would shine all the way through the clouds and illuminate those clouds. And as I was driving in and I saw that view with almost no one else on the freeway, and as my view was constantly changing, I thought to myself that I am the only one, I'm the only one on the planet right now in this place and time that has this particular view. And this is my opportunity to thank and praise God for this moment, for this special, particular reality. And so I share that with you because you all have your own. You all have your special, particular reality where you experience life unlike anyone else. It's very true. So as you are here in the presence of God today, um, it is my encouragement to you to worship God uh, as only you can, to worship and praise God as only you can. For today truly is the day that the Lord has made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. Please check the other announcements uh, written in the announcement pages today. Our service begins with Psalm 109, our call to worship. I invite you to stand as you are able. The psalmist says, With my mouth I will greatly extol the Lord. In the great throng I will praise him. For he stands at the right hand of the needy one to save his life from those who condemn him. O Lord, our God, we stand in your presence today and we rejoice at your goodness and we rejoice at the salvation you have brought to us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. As we go about this season of Advent where we anticipate your coming to be with us, we pray that our eyes would be opened all the more to your goodness and your grace. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And now we continue with uh, singing one verse of O Come, O Come.
Emmanuel. Come on, come Emmanuel, and cast on captive Israel, that mourns in lonely exile here, until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. Jeremiah 33, 14. Promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. Today we light the candle of expectation and hope. May it remind each and every one of us of God's great promise to us. He is our hope, he is our redeemer, and he is Savior. And now in prayer. Father, during our Advent season, may we be reminded of your promises to us and your fulfillment of them. Help us to prepare our lives for his advent within us. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to you, O Israel. Amy and Kayla for leading us in the lighting of the candle. Now continue with our worship as we sing God Who Moves the Mountains. He's surrounded 
he cannot be stopped, he astounds, he is drawing near, oh hear the sound, oh hear the sound, rocks are falling, the broken calling to the God who moves the mountains, you gotta move this mountain, the earth is shaking, the weary waking, to the God who moves the mountains, you gotta move this mountain. Congregation may be seated. I invite the children to come forward for the children's message. As Amy shared with us in those opening words about uh, this first Sunday in Advent, um, she shared with us that this is the candle of expectation and hope. Um, that opening song, You've Got to Move This Mountain, uh, speaks of that hope or lack thereof, that there are some times when we are dependent upon God to do something that we cannot do. Well, good morning, children. How are you doing today? Good. It's good to see all of you. You guys multiply. You multiply. As we first start the service, there's like no one here, and you guys just multiply. You come right out of the pews, I think. Well, it's good to see you today on this first Sunday of the church year, and this is the season of... Thank you. (laughs) The big kids over there have been paying attention. This is the season of Advent. Say that with me. Advent. One more time. Advent. Okay, now the word Advent simply means coming. Coming. Okay, the Advent, somebody enters into the room, the Advent happens. The the, the coming or the appearing, the arrival. Okay? So if you look around the sanctuary today, 
there are a couple things that are different, being that this is a new season we have entered into. What do you notice? All right, we can start with this right here. What is this called? The Advent wreath. The Advent wreath, or the Advent candles, okay? So we have several what up here? Candles, and how many are lit? One. One. Why? That's right, it's the first week. So how many weeks do you think there are in Advent? Five? Okay, that's a good guess. There are five candles up there. There are actually four weeks in Advent, okay? These four candles on the outside. And they all lead up to something that happens when we light the center candle. Uh, it is a white candle which uh, symbolizes purity and holiness. We call this the Christ candle because that's what we're waiting for, right? That's what we're waiting for the coming or the arrival or the advent of Jesus. Somebody said it out there, okay? Yeah, because we are waiting for December 25th, which is what? Christmas, Christmas Day. And we celebrate the coming of Jesus, right? We celebrate the coming, the arrival of Jesus. So the season of Advent is a season of waiting, a season of hope, and we see that hope building each Sunday as we light those different candles. Um, two weeks from now, we'll talk about this one, uh, this pink candle, why it's pink and not purple, but that's uh, two weeks from now. So Advent, a time when we celebrate the coming of God in our midst, in the person of Jesus, born in Bethlehem. To come again in this season of Advent are anticipating or expecting Jesus to come again. We say that in the Apostles' Creed. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. And basically what that means is that the future, the future belongs to God. And we can trust ourselves, we can trust our future to God because we are all in God's good hands. Okay? Our future is in God's hands, and uh, we, can, we can trust God for our future. So Advent, waiting for the birth of Jesus on Christmas Day, waiting for Jesus to reappear and to come again, and also inviting Jesus into our lives as we go about our daily living, that we recognize the presence of Jesus with us, and we invite him to be with us during our day. He is already, but uh, to recognize that and to invite him is a good thing. So let's have a prayer together, and I'll send you to Sunday school. Dear God, thank you for your advent among us. Open our eyes that we might see you when you appear. Amen. Okay, thanks for coming up, you guys. Thank you, Sunday school teachers, for working with our kids. And they're learning bell ringing today, some of them, and a song that they'll share in church. So lots of, lots of good stuff. I invite you to stand as we continue with our confession and forgiveness. In the presence of God and of one another, let us confess our sins. God of compassion, you know how readily we turn aside from your call. You know how we doubt 
fear and hold back, even when you invite us into freedom and partnership with Christ. Forgive us, we pray. From this hour, may our confession be clear and our path of faith steady. We ask this in the name of Christ, our pioneer and friend. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, reaches down to us in love and forgiveness. In Christ, God came to be one with us and to bring us salvation. Trust in this truth. Never let it go. Amen. Please be seated. We continue with our worship. The herald is on the glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. the newborn King. Christ, by highest heaven adored, Christ, the everlasting Lord, late in time, behold Him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail incarnate deity, pleased as man with us to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. second birth Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King That continues to be my favorite Christmas carol as it celebrates the incarnation of God in our midst as God took upon himself our human flesh where God and sinners are reconciled we now sing, How Great is Our God. Strives to hide and 
and trembles at his voice and trembles at his voice how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all we see how great how great is our God as we begin a brand new church year to sing of the greatness of God in our midst. We welcome into our midst this morning, Kit Bergman at the drums. Thank you, Kit, for sharing with us. Uh, he's been with us uh, before. Uh, filling in for Tony Fulgar, who is on a six-week trip. Yeah? Multiple countries down in New Zealand, Australia. Philippines. Yeah, he's going all over. So we'll remember Tony in our prayers this morning as well. 
But thank you, Kit, for being with us today. We continue with the prayer of the day. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Redeemer, in our weakness we have failed to be your messengers of forgiveness and hope in the world. Renew us by your Holy Spirit that we may follow your commands and proclaim your reign of love through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We continue with the reading of God's Word for today. Our lecture is Amy Gutierrez. Good morning. Our first reading from God's Word is from the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. The reading begins on page 906 of the Red Bibles. In this passage, the prophet Ezekiel has a vision of a valley filled with dry bones. What will his vision mean to a hopeless people living in Babylonian exile? What will it mean to us? Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. That is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breath from the four winds, oh, breathe and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. O my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Open your grave. Then you, my people, will know that I am your, the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. Here ends our reading. Thank you, Amy. I invite you to stand for our brief gospel lesson. 
Our gospel for this first Sunday in Advent, according to the evangelist John, the 11th chapter, verse 25 and 26. Uh, This takes place uh, just before uh, they move to the tomb of Lazarus. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. What's that sound? Do you hear it? Sounds like somebody rattling away in his workshop. Well, dearly beloved of God, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, as we begin a new church year and enter into this season of Advent, we catch up with one of God's great prophets, a man by the name of Ezekiel. Uh, We look into this uh, rather familiar passage. It might even take you back to your days of childhood. Uh, to remember this uh, passage in Ezekiel 37. And what we find in this passage is we find a vision that takes place in the first 10 verses and then an explanation or what this means as God uh, speaks to his prophet and gives him a task to do. Well, this is a season, as I told the children, of anticipation and waiting, a season of expectation and hope. And this text will uh, have Ezekiel the prophet speak to a group of people who had all but lost their hope and thought that their future would be none. I invite you to turn in your red Bibles in the pew rack right in front of you to page 906, uh, where we find this passage, Ezekiel 37, page 906. And there we read in the first two verses... Ezekiel says, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Ezekiel has this vision of a valley that is filled with bones, and the Lord has Ezekiel move through this valley. He's in the midst of the valley. He sees bones all around him. The valley was filled with bones. And not only was the valley filled with bones, the the bones were very, what? Dry. The bones were very dry. And I wonder if you have ever felt that way in your life. If you felt like a bunch of dry bones that all the life has been sucked out of you, but there's nothing left. I wonder if there's anyone here who even feels that way today. Well, if you do, keep listening. For the prophet has words of hope to speak to you today, the very word of God. Then comes the question to the prophet in verse 3. He asked me, son of man... Can these bones live? It's a rather silly question, I think. 
the prophet might have been muttering to himself, not a chance, not a chance can these bones live. They are very dry. If they have ever had any life in them, that life is gone. Not a chance that these bones could live. And yet Ezekiel was a wise man. Ezekiel knew enough to know that he didn't know what he didn't know. And Ezekiel knew enough to know that in the presence of God, who was greater than he was, that God certainly knew more than he did. And so Ezekiel gives a very wise response to the question, Son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel says, you alone know. You alone know, O sovereign Lord. There is a sobering fact here as Ezekiel looks upon these dry bones. And the sobering fact is that we have this one life. And that those bones that represent the absence of life will one day be us. There are no second chances at this life. This life is not a trial run. This is the real thing. You can't get the days back. They come, and they go, and there's nothing we can do about it. And so, what is the message? What is the lesson to learn? It is carpe diem. It sees the day. It's make the very best out of today, because this day is not going to come again. Even as I saw the full moon up in the sky today, that was my opportunity to thank and praise God in that moment for what God had just shown me. And then it was gone. Then the moon went behind the clouds. I didn't see it again. The moments cannot be taken back. Son of man, can these bones live? Only you know, God. And then comes, then comes the possibilities. Then comes the words that the Lord says to his prophet, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. The prophet is ordered to prophesy. This was a task that by all accounts was completely foolish. Can you imagine being asked to do this? I want you to go and prophesy to these bones. I want you to speak to these bones. Well, anybody who would have seen Ezekiel about this task would think he was crazy. He was bananas, certifiable, demented, out of his mind, insane, off his rocker, over the edge, under the influence, acting with more than a few screws loose, unhinged, operating without all the tools in the shed, dingy, dippy, Mad as a March hare. You get the idea. Please don't make me do this. Please don't make me do this, God. Please don't make me make a fool out of myself. But sometimes when you are willing to be a fool for God, sometimes when you are willing to give up your pride and to be humble, sometimes the power of God can shine through all the more. And so, 
Ezekiel is faithful. He does what God tells him. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, and flesh shall come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to the life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is the work of God that is about to take place. Hear the word of the Lord, God tells Ezekiel to tell the people. Hear the word of the Lord. This is a declaration of what is going to take place, more than something that is necessary for the people to do so that it will take place. God is about to do something that only God can do. He's going to bring life to these dry bones. Then you will know. Then you will know that I am the Lord. For this will be a witness to something that only God can do. This will be a witness both to Israel and to the nations that surrounded Israel. Now Ezekiel the prophet is with the people as they have been taken out into exile. They have been captured from their homeland of Israel and carted away to a land that was not their own. They were slaves, and they thought their future was gone. Then we get to the work and power of God, what happens. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and the tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. There was that noise, that rattling sound, and it was so strong that Ezekiel covered his ears. And the Lord God experienced something that every middle school child who took band and practiced at home experienced. The Lord experienced something that every drummer, Kit probably experienced this, who played at home when mom was there. The Lord experienced this too as Ezekiel covered his ears and said, Lord, enough, quiet down, enough of that racket. There was this rattling sound as the bones came together. The noises were coming, not as much from the bones coming together, but these noises were the work of God in the midst of the people. Verse 9, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. So again, the prophet is asked to do something that he probably would prefer not to do. He's just been told to speak to a valley full of bones. Now he's told to prophesy to the breath, and he does so. Come from the four winds and let that breath become spirit in these bodies. The beckoned breath bequeaths life, and these bodies come to life. And what is the result? 
all of them are cozied up there on the couch together. No, they're not called to any passive observance. No, all of this vast army stood up and on their feet. They were ready to go. They were ready to take action now that the Spirit of God was in them. Now we come to the meaning of this vision in verse 11. Then God said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. For they say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. Israel, who had been captured by their enemies, taken to a land that was not theirs, thought their future was over, that there was nothing left. They've lost their lives. They're reaping what they had sown. They are getting their just desserts. For the people knew that they had turned their backs on the Lord God. The people knew that they had worshipped other gods instead of the Lord. And now they were paying the price. When the people say that all hope is gone, that we are cut off, that there is no hope left, this was not without reason, not without precedent. Listen to what the prophet Jeremiah had told the people not that long before. From Jeremiah 8, at that time declares the Lord, the bones of the kings and officials of Judah, the bones of the priests and prophets, the bones of the people of Jerusalem will be removed from their graves. They will be exposed to the sun and the moon and all the stars of the heavens, which they have loved and served and which they have followed and consulted and worshipped. They will not be gathered or buried, but they will be like refuse lying on the ground. Jeremiah the prophet said that the bones, these many bones would be exhumed from the graves, exposed before all the deities that they had worshipped, and would be left there like refuse. And now it's happened. Now they are reaping what they have sown. We fully expect that this would be the case. We have no hope left in us. This is the whole house of Israel, God tells Ezekiel. They have no hope. They are lost. They have no expectations. The people had seen themselves for who they really were. They got a good look in the mirror. And this was not the mirror of Betty Peck, which told them how wonderful they were. This was a mirror they looked into and saw that they were reaping what they deserved. And now the real work begins. As we read in verse 12, God saying to his prophet, therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. O my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord and I have done it. Now that the prophet has had his practice 
prophesying to bones and to breath. He prophesies to real people, real living people who were only living in name, but not really living life. God told the prophet, tells the people that God would open their graves. We remember that scene of Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus. As Jesus says, roll away the stone. And the people say, no, the smell, it will be awful. God is going to open the graves. And God would bring them up out of them. He would exhume them. Which reminds the people that God had brought his people out before. God had brought his ancestors, their ancestors, out of the land of Egypt, out of their slavery, and brought them into the promised land. As God had done it before, the prophet assures the people that God was powerful and would be able to do it again. That God would bring his people out of their exile and bring them back into the land of Israel. Who will do this? Who will do this work among the people? It is God and God alone who could do this work. It is God's spirit that, would, that was placed in the people so that they came to life. And why? Why would God do this? Well, a few times in this passage that Amy read to us, we had good news there. And I wonder if you heard it. Twice near the end of the passage, the Lord says, because they are my people. Because they are my people. And what a wonderful word of hope and promise and grace. They are my people. And this would serve as a witness to all the people of Israel, to all the nations surrounding them, that the Lord, the Lord was God. Well, how can this speak to us in our lives today? This prophetical message of Ezekiel to the exiles contains a divine word of hope. For in this season of Advent, as our days are getting shorter and our nights are getting darker, it is an apt description, I think, for our country in turmoil. It is an appropriate metaphor for our world gone wild. What will God do? What will God do in you? What will you allow God to do in you? Can you hear? Can you hear the rattling? That's God busy at work in his workshop called you. Can you hear the clamor and clanging? That's God busy at work in this workshop called Planet Earth. God will give you his spirits. God will give you life. God will bring you into your own place and your own ministry, into your own workshop, where you can offer your own unique worship and praise that no one else but you can do as you rejoice at the life God has given you and as you serve others in Jesus' fashion. Breath is not forever on this earth. Time is precious. You have been given the gift of this day. So rejoice in the Lord. Live a life of gratitude. 
serve well as Christ's ambassador, and give others a glimpse of the hope of heaven, the hope that you have for these days. No breath is not forever here on this earth, but that's okay, because the hope that you have extends beyond the here and now. Your hope extends into the eternal, as you trust in the one who is the resurrection and the life. And if you listen very carefully, you can hear him even now, rattling away in his workshop. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and most powerful God, we thank you for the word of hope that you have granted to your prophet Ezekiel, to the message that he spoke to the exiles, a message of hope, that you had not abandoned your people, but that you were present with them and would do an amazing work in their life. And so we pray that we would recognize your presence in our midst. For those of us who experience mountains that we know only you can move, we thank you that you are all-powerful, that you grant us hope when we cry out to you in despair, and that you are able to bring us into life when we see no hope and feel like dry bones. May your will be done in and through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When the music fades and all is stripped away, ain't I simply gone? Longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it, but it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. you deserve Though I'm weak and poor All I have is yours Every single breath I'll give you more than a song For a song in itself 
is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. you to stand as we continue by confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We continue with our prayers. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and worship. We praise you for your unending grace and for your presence in our lives and in the life of this congregation. We commit ourselves to living our lives with intentional commitment to follow you. We ask for your blessing on this congregation, Emmanuel Lutheran Church, and its leadership, the council, and for the many hours contributed by many people to this congregation in all of its activities. We give thanks for those who make our services a source of joy and a time of communion with you, including the Mikey Day Band. We pray especially for our pastor, Derek, and his family. Lord, we ask that you be a source of strength in the Engfeld family. Clothe them in your love and protection. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray also for the larger church, for the mission you give all Christians to be your light in this world. Give us all the vision of your church as you would have it be, Lord. We also pray for the missionaries that serve around the world. Bless their work, Lord, and keep them safe. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for those of the world that are experiencing war and strife. We ask that you bring peace and reconciliation to these peoples. We know that you desire good things only for all of your children and that you have given us a faith and beliefs that transcend violence. 
Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for the victims of violence and for those who have suffered calamity, for those fleeing war and persecution. Hear our prayer. Mend them up, restore them, and give them hope. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Members of our congregation and our friends and family are in need of physical healing and also emotional and mental healing. You are the great physician, creator of our bodies and all that governs our existence. We pray, Lord, that you would be moved to heal those who need your touch, especially those that Pastor now names. Paul Brobst, Suzanne von Stern, Ava Kalipa. We remember before you Tony Fulgar, and pray that you would grant him safe travel and a productive trip. We pray for Pastor David Schick at Los Altos, or Emmanuel Lutheran in Los Altos, for the ministry taking place in that church and beyond their church walls. We thank you for the comfort that you bring to those who grieve, especially we pray this morning for the families of Debbie Espinoza, Frank James, Irene Burns, and Bill Williams. We lift before you our Governor Jerry Brown, that you would grant him strength and wisdom as he seeks to govern. We thank you for those in our Saratoga neighborhoods, for Amanda, Emily, Kathy, Betty, Eric, John, Tabor, Rojit, and Joan. Bless them and draw them close to yourself in love. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, we commit ourselves to do your work in this world, acknowledging that you have blessed us and equipped us to share the good news of your redemption. May we serve you with courage, determination, perspective, humility, and compassion. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nate. The congregation may be seated. We continue with our offering. together. O oh God, use these gifts to bring your love to the world. Use our lives to be your messengers of peace and reconciliation, to the honor and glory of your holy name. Amen.
And now here in this place, we remember that in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again after supper, Jesus took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. We join together in singing our Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Amen. Glorify the 
And now the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bless you and keep you in his grace now and forever. Amen. I invite you to stand for the close of our service today and receive now the blessing for the journey as you leave this place. May the word of God illuminate your way and may God's spirit empower us to be a light for others in the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing Joy to the World. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Pastor. Have a wonderful week. Joy to the world.